This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, it is just the three of us, but we're talking about a pretty hot topic that I was going to say is in the market right now, because it kind of is about the market and stuff. It is the market. It is the market. We're going to be talking about this impending recession that the whole world and its dog seems to be talking about at recession, the moment. Recession, recession, recession. It's echo chamber. Oh, recession, recession. And I should also tell you that I'm on a boat recording this at a property mastermind. So if there's chatter in the background, it's property chatter. It's entirely chatter, relevant. Chatter, chatter, chatter. It's the echo chamber of recession. Recession. We're supposed to be irrelevant, Joe. We're supposed to be irrelevant. Oh, that's true. So nothing informative about this particular. Irrelevant. Relevant. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like we were having a bit of a chin wag, weren't we, before we've sort of pressed record? Mm. Um, what are your thoughts, Matt? Okay, so we are going to hit a recession in July, probably. We're probably already in the recession. We're just going to find out about it in July. So what that means is that the economy has shrunk for two quarters in a row, um, driven by high inflation, driven by the value of the pound decreasing, driven mainly by supply issues. Supply issues, and in fact, the things, the, the deflation well, um, is actually caused by the fact that people are not spending in many, many ways, and prices have gone up in, in very few areas. So you've gone up in food, gone up in petrol, but they've gone up in the ways that people are mainly using. So it's everyday stuff, um, and then, but they're pulling back in other areas. But they're still going out and they're spending money in cafes, restaurants, you know, they're still your pay, pay is increasing actually quite 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 well. You know, people are getting pay rises, you know, um, even a three percent pay rise. The RMT unions moaning about that. Um, still a good three percent from uh, you know could be a little bit more, but uh, begs the question whether it should be more because uh, there's evidence that says that if you give ten percent pay rise, that fuels inflation because that inf- increased the cost of the wages gets passed on to through goods and services. So uh, you get really you just need to batten down the hatches wait till inflation settles uh, for the time being but obviously it does affect people's pockets but people have got money you know this isn't a recession which is being caused by the banks it's not being caused by anything financial um you know the banks have got loads of money to lend uh, you've got uh, you know, people that have been saving over the course of the pandemic so people have got money in the bank accounts there's millions upon millions of pounds sitting in people's bank accounts waiting to get out and people are scared about the stock market because that could decrease and could crash in the recession they're scared about things like crypto and money is moving into um like assets so moving into gold silver um property so in reality fundamentals are all saying that people can probably still afford their mortgage they're probably not going to lose their job because there's more job vacancies than ever. We're in very high employment. There's no real reason for the property market to crash. In fact, all the evidence saying it's going to continue to boom. However, the only thing that might cause it to cool are the banks themselves because they're telling valuers 
to be cautious, be conservative. So they're downvaluing stuff, and that's happening quite a bit at the moment. Yeah. So um, I've got a view on that, but I'd be interested to kind of put it out to the others. Um, maybe maybe Niall, do you want to add something? Sorry, I was just, I was just sorting my fan. You look like you were leaving. Were you off your somewhere? One, your one fan that you've got there. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got an updated oscillating fan now. Oh, excuse you. Yeah, I got it for free. Talking of goods and supplies, you're obviously getting a bit spenny on the fans. Like, wow. Of course, of course. Recession smashing. Like, wow. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with everything you said, Matt. I think it's, um, and we had a, a catch up with um, a lender about a week or so ago as well, um, who is obviously heavily involved in finance side of it and working with banks uh, on a day to day basis. And he's not worried about it at all either. And he's a big player in the market we're involved in and does and for developments and things like that as well. So I think it's um, there will be a lot of media hype around it, um, which I think will have more of an impact on it than what's happening in the property market or what's happening in reality. There'll be more talk about what could potentially happen and it'll start a fear uh, uh, in people's minds um, of what's what could, could potentially happen with the property market or with the financial market in general. But I think it's, it could be, it's going to be an opportunity for us as investors and entrepreneurs to find deals now that will be cheaper um, because people are scared. People, when things like this happen, people panic and start to put stuff on the market and start to sell properties. Um, and that's where we can get better deals, get uh, buy properties at lower uh, values than what they would be right now. So I'm not really worried about it. The banks downvaluing properties is a slight worry, um, but will that last forever? Will will they continue to do that if they can see that things are quite stable? I think I think you're right. I think it's a temporary thing. Mm. I think uh, I think the recession is going to be temporary. I don't think I think it's going to be. A, it feels like it's going to be similar to what happened in 2020, where we had a recession for a few. A few quarters and then things picked up again when everyone realized it wasn't actually that bad yeah um so i think it's exactly the same is going to happen here um you can have a recession might be the end of the year maybe into next year um because a lot of it's going to depend on things like war in ukraine what happens there whether there's going to be any stability there um how protracted it gets it's all about supply mm. supply of goods if we can sort the supply of goods and create some more certainty about that, then prices will stabilise. They're yeah. probably not going to drop dramatically, um, but they will stabilise, and therefore inflation will drop. Um, so I think you're right. I, I think this potential opportunity is going to be short-lived. So when people put you know, fearfully putting property on the market, you might be able to get a bit of a deal. Someone's like, yeah, I'm going to take this property. I'm going to get it for, I'm going to sell it for five, 10% less than the market because I just want to get rid, and it's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, so, so there might be an opportunity in the next three to four months to get some deals but I think yeah. people are going to very quickly realise that it's not as bad as as the media are saying they're going to get bored of it um, yeah. and like we got bored of COVID you know, we're going to get bored of this word recession because recession doesn't mean house prices fall in fact if you look at the history, history of recessions um, it's only about half the time and you have a recession historically that house prices actually fall Mm. It, it doesn't lead one thing doesn't lead to another well everyone and, i think recessions are credit crunch everyone thinks it's the same thing yeah. it's this massive dip in the market and everything falls yeah yeah, yeah. that was a one-off yeah in reality that's a one-off yeah and a very specific 
reason why that happened as well, which we, you know, sat with the banks. Yeah. It was a, you know, and to do with property and to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right, Matt. I think people are going to sell. I think that inevitably just like, I mean, you know, I invest in, in crypto as well. And we've seen that like, this crypto winter at the moment and everyone's scared. And, and like, so people are withdrawing their funds, which of course, you know, has a huge impact on, on, on the crypto economy. And so, you know, because of this kind of panic and the messaging around that, the same is true. People are going to be sticking their house on the market now because they're terrified that it's going to lose equity. So they're just going to be like, right, we're at the peak of the market. But again, long-term head and everything you sort of think well we're probably just going to wear that this just it's going to be a bump in the road it's not going to be it's unlikely to be that catastrophic long-term equity impacting dip that we've seen with the 2008 crash it doesn't feel it doesn't look like that it's a completely different animal so it's more like that 2020 you know bump that we experienced yeah it's just really weird because we've got a booming market yeah we've got what 10 percent year on year at the moment yeah, um, increase in property prices. Yes, that's less than it was, but it's still ten percent increase in property prices. Like yeah. since the nineteen seventies, I think the average is about three percent. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's way above that, but we're still not at the moving average. If you look at that, the moving average we're still below that. So there's still yeah. pressure, price pressure for, for prices to go up. But then with the banks down valuing properties, it's weird because you have got house prices going up and then properties being downvalued. That's so so odd. Again, I think that will be a short-lived thing as well. Um, so I think if you're having your property valued in the next two or three months, maybe just hold out. Yeah, I think as long as it works from an income perspective, like just park your capital valuations for a bit, you know, either get it done now, um, you know, while before the, the, the official announcement happens and just see, take a punt maybe, or just hold tight and enjoy the income on, you know, a cash flowing property until, you know, such time where things feel stable again. Do you know what it reminds me of? It's like, you know, when COVID hit, and all the loan to values and finance just went down just for that very short space of time, you know, around the 60% loan to value mark. And then very, actually what felt like no time at all, we were back to 75 and appetite increasing to 80 again. And it was very short lived. And I feel like this is the same, don't you? Mm. They're just hedging their bets just, just in case it does go belly up and um, protecting yeah. themselves really, which makes sense. But they don't want to repeat of what happened before, but it's not going to repeat what happened before anyway, because it's, a, like you said earlier, it's a completely different kettle of fish. And one, one thing which um, I've noticed, actually chatting with one of our clients, um, she's struggling to get a two-year fix at the moment. Um, so um, they're, they're, because banks have withdrawn that short-term fixing ability because they're concerned about interest rate rises. Mm. So um, it, it's now a five-year fix or, or nothing for some banks. So um, it's understanding what the options are out there at the moment, and having continuous conversations with your broker to be like, okay, what's happening? What's 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 the the the, the word on the street? You know, what are banks talking of doing? Um, and there are a couple of lenders just in the last week that stopped lending entirely um, because they overexposed themselves to low interest rates and didn't hedge properly. So they are um, out of the market. So there, there are those types of lenders, but the big ones, yeah, they, they, they've got plenty of capital. Yeah, the rules around you know, what banks these days are a lot more robust than they were back in 2008. So um, yeah, the only thing we're seeing at the moment, which is again, exacerbating this is, is interest, rate, yeah, interest rate rises at 1.25% now, will probably go up again uh, the next time they meet, the Monetary Policy Committee meet. So, um, but again, this was one of the comments that um, this, this lender made when we were chatting to, to the CEO of this lender. Um, he's saying, well, the only reason they're putting them up 
is so that when they hit when we hit the recession they bring it back down again <laughs> you know because they didn't want to go negative no. so we were at 0.25 percent yeah that they, they saw this coming and going actually we need to be up at like one and a half two percent so that we can, can drop it so we can be seen to be dropping it yeah it's all about confidence it's all about that that's the yeah. word confidence confidence yeah no it's confidence true. to spend money so the question is, I mean, I'm obviously I'm at this property mastermind on our friend Anna Anna Cox's boat. She's the you know friend of the of the podcast. She's been on as a guest before, um, and you know the, the the question was, you know, when should you be refinancing? Because you know, as far as the group was concerned, actually now is the time just to get it done. You know, before it's announced officially. Um, but of course, then you're going to be soaking up that higher rate of interest on your on your revaluation and your you know and your repayment. So it was like, mm, is now the time, or do you just hold? and just wait six months before you, you know, you, you just see how the market goes. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a chicken, not a chicken and egg, it's a catch-22, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think it just depends on your situation. If you need the capital back, um, then you might just be stuck and go, actually, you know, we need to do this for business continuity. We can't afford for money to be stuck in because it's going to affect things elsewhere. So you might say, well, I'm happy to take 10 grand, 10, 20 grand less out of this property right now. Yeah. Um, and then we'll revisit it in a year's time and okay. you know, just ex- explore your options and go, right, does the lender do a further advance? Uh, uh, yeah, do we have that option with this lender? Yeah. Um, in fact, something that our broker's been talking about is second charge lending. So if your capital values go up, um, that could be a, a, a nice, quick, easy way of releasing some capital on, on that at like between 6 and 7%. So cheaper than investor finance, but means that if you happen to be on a five-year fix and you want to pull money out in two years time you could maybe do it on a second charge and then um and then and then move on and you release that money so um or you or you just look at your early repayment charges and and work out whether you know in year four and five it might be it might be all right to refinance you never know depending on how much your equity is and how how much that money means to you elsewhere and I guess some people might not have a choice either. If you've come to the end of your fixed term period and the lender you're currently with isn't offering anything new, you might be forced to refinance right now. Yeah, yeah you or you've got be- angels who are like, you know, really, you know, you, you know, you're in loan agreements that, you know, you've they're not in, they're not considering extending with you because they want their finance for something. You know, there's all mm. of those pressures. I mean, yeah, you can replace them, but still, they're they're pressures nonetheless, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So just think about angels because it's because finding property deals and, and putting your money in um, other assets and in the bank is not the best place to have it at the moment because of inflation. I, I, I can't see a major reason why, why an investor would necessarily need their money back right now. I can't see it. You know, like seriously, surely it's a better place to be earning. Well, I've got one actually who's just asked for their finance back and it's it's purely because they've got they're trying to crack on with property, you know, and it's that pragmatic reason actually, because they're going to be refinancing. So they're actually using some of the angel funds they've got with me for their own refurbs to refinance while they believe the market's hot. So there's been that ripple effect as well. Mm. Um, Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, yeah, I, I was on the Pure Property podcast the other day and they asked me this question, you know, what do we think is going to happen with the market? And, you know, my answer was, was pretty much this discussion. It was like, I don't, based on everything that's going on and the evidence you can see and the economic indicators, it doesn't suggest that it's going to be this catastrophic going through the floor travesty that, you know, will be sensationalized in the media. It doesn't look like that. So we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be in a panic because when we panic, it's that's when the risk of the market crashing 
goes up <laughs> because yeah, of behavior right. and lack of confidence like you said it's to do with the estate agents how they talk to yeah vendors as well so it's it's not in the estate agent's interest to be selling things but the, the, the thing is they know what's on the ground they see the demand the people wanting to buy so i don't i, I think estate agents are still telling vendors you know it's a really good market to sell it's a seller's market i don't see them changing their tune do you i, I can't see it because it's not gonna it's not gonna do them any good is it to no. start scaring people um but I mean, I, they, might, I, they might scare them into selling whereas they might not have sell, sold and hold. They might say, yeah, now's a good time to sell because the market's really hot mm. uh, or the market's about to crash, so now's the time to sell. But then they keep doing that and the market keeps going up. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, it, it's... Uh... I think it it's, uh, came out earlier, actually, because when we were doing one of our um, mastermind sessions earlier, the, the general consensus is that it's going to be okay. You know, every, people are quite... Uh, relaxed not to say relaxed might be the wrong expression but they're not running for the hills because of what might happen um i think again it kind of comes down to as well we surround ourselves with people um who are forward thinking who are positive thinkers and not scaremongering and actually looking at the evidence and what's happening in the market as opposed to what's happening in the news mm. So yeah, being we're, around... we're not influenced by the the fear factor in the same way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. not influenced by the, those external factors that don't actually have a clue what they're talking about, really. Yeah, it's, I, it's uh... media driven, effectively, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's what sells papers. It's what gets people listening to the news. It's what, what one of my mentors calls uh, fear porn. Yeah, honestly, it's a thing. Legit. I, people just... Oh, who was I talking? Oh, me and my mum got into this discussion the other day. I was like, this addiction to fear, this addiction mm. to greed, this addiction, you know, which is the two things that the media thrive on. It's just um it's terrifying because that you you become consumers of fear, which dictates how you live your life. I mean, that mm. is so scary, right? Yeah. Um, 100%. um Yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say. That's you. I'm sure it was highly relevant. <laughs> it will come back to me, I'm sure. I think the thing it just goes back to if you just not let fear win out on this one, because I think that the, the thing that people really need to just kind of manage carefully at the moment is the cost of living. I mean, really, it, it's that that that's where the, the priority should be is just ensuring that, you know, you're you're doing everything you can to keep your head above water financially. And again, that will pass. It's not forever. It's just the economic state that we find ourselves in at the moment. But the worst thing we could all do in response to this, you know, with interest rate increases and this promise of a recession is panic and start making major moves that could disrupt think, the economy. I did hear that um, some agents are, are telling um, people, oh, now's a really good time to sell and go into rent it because you'll be able to buy a mansion in a couple in, in a year's time because the market's going to crash <laughs> yeah and and then they're living in the rental accommodation and now can't afford the house that they would have afforded by just moving yeah. straight away or, or staying put so i think there is a, a bit of misinformation you know potentially going on there or just a lack of understanding from some agents but there's just yeah i just don't understand why they would why they would tell people that apart from to make a sale yeah i mean it's, it kind of goes against their business model if they're on commission to sell but like yeah i don't know it's hard i i i think people just are looking 
anywhere to kind of get a clear signal on what to do at the moment but I, I think it's just like you said knuckle down hold strong don't do anything major yeah I think that's that's where the risk is truly is the panic isn't it <laughs> the panic response yeah, yeah. The panic response but that's like a recession is not a new thing it's, this is this will not be the last one there will be more so mm. people don't seem to learn from the past or from the mistakes no and they, each time it comes around they're panicking panicking again and in reality yes it might you know, there might be a slight change to the personal life but it's minimal i would say and then you have a whole new generation of panic sheep as well mm. um, and also a lot of people who are uh, have also got quite a lot of debt Although the amount of consumer debt went down dramatically during the pandemic, because people were just paying it off, so mm. you know, so there's, there's that as well. So people aren't as leveraged as they were, mm-hmm. um, but you know, people have got very short-term memories. Mm. Uh, so you know, they, they very much they think so. 2008 was the end of the world, which, to be fair, it was in some ways, but not in others. And then, um, yeah, well, now, isn't there, aren't there statistics to to show that there are more millionaires? made in a recession than at any other point mm. yeah it's the entrepreneur's so, playground isn't it because all the it, problems arise for them to solve so yeah there will be a, well, i guess there will be the unfortunates that will uh, struggle uh, or maybe lose their business as a result of it but uh it's probably not just the recession that caused that it would be a build-up to get to that point and that just tips them over the edge yeah that's the thing if you're in a vulnerable position i think something recessive times just put you in a more vulnerable position but um exactly yeah yeah i just looked up the actual definition of a recession it's it's exactly what matt said earlier a period of temporary economic decline during which trade and industrial activity are reduced generally identified by a fall in gdp in two successive quarters so yeah it's not i think it's almost like i know what i'm talking about I know, like well impressed, but it is like it's um, it's it's the perception of what that actually looks and feels like is is that it we we just it's synonymous with the credit crunch and that's where the fear comes in. Also, but do you know what? They, oh, go on. They don't forget that um, the like, inflation and recession is very much a personal thing. Yeah, it varies from person to person. So someone could, yeah, there could be hyperinflation, but because they don't buy that stuff that's being that's in the the basket of goods then you know things aren't quite as bad or if we're in property yeah we're experiencing hyperinflation with property prices shooting up and so it's making our business more difficult to purchase properties develop them sell them well cost of materials cost of materials new building regs changes which dramatically increasing what materials we've got to use and how many of them yeah so yeah it's, it's compounding you know against development yeah, no, for sure. And yeah. but then still comparatively, so I've just sat here with a you know a property friend, um, Iranga, who you know and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has um, friends and family in Sri Lanka, and at the moment where they've got all these you know terrible troubles, the economic situation over there is dire to the extent that which you know they the country's um, you know effectively their credit score is zero, so they can't leverage you know go across the world to get financial support so they're literally he's got friends and family with no electricity no gas you know they've got um they've been cut off from everything and they're trying to survive and so when you look at that picture you know where people you know are having to reduce their meals from three times a day to two times a day because the situation is just so dire and you look at our picture it's you know it's, it's vastly different you know it makes mm. you grateful so perspective yeah. is, is very key 
Yeah. And also like long-term perspective. I think, you know, we, like you said, people have very short memories and, you know, COVID, it felt like it was going to last forever. And it was much longer than anyone, I think, fully anticipated. But really in time, it's just a blip. It's just a chapter. It's just a, we got over that. We'll get over this. It's just another short-term blip on the horizon that we'll just navigate. And it's, it's not forever. This, you know oh doom and gloom and you just yeah it's it's very strange isn't it people's it's like it's this this news that it's we're going to recessive times it's like it's like it's permanent Mm. (laughs) that's how it's perceived isn't it that this is it now yeah because again it goes back to that short-term memory of oh last time it dipped and it didn't recover for like three four five years and then we keeps keeps going on oh now we're back to where we were by 2008 well no it's not the same we're you know, today's we're, the present is where we're at it's the future that we need to look at the indicators of where it's going not what it's been before mm. um, the indicators are that property prices are going to continue to rise yeah i mean it's, in, it's incredible um here's a f- i've never been in a market like this it's fascinating isn't it yeah i think over the past few years especially for relatively new business owners um, in in this market it's definitely been a lot of learnings a lot of uh, trying times I guess but like you said Joe it's just speed bumps it's just short-term issues that we've learned learning to overcome and deal with as they arise and it's it's what it's going to be like isn't it you just have to be these will we will have more speed bumps this is not going to be the last one we'll hit yeah, well, speaking speaking of new speed bumps, then we've got the renters reform bill, we've got the leveling up bill. Oh my goodness, all the of that. Rent, the renters reform bill, my goodness, I was looking at it yesterday and I was thinking, you know, wow, interestingly, one thing that's come up in it is, um, you know, uh, pet ownership, which obviously we talked about, didn't we, in a lot of detail on. Um, the previous podcast, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, with uh, with Sala, and yeah, it was it was it was really interesting. And I was thinking about that from like a capital perspective. You know, I was thinking about how actually there should be a massive shift in the market with with you know, actually designing your property so that they accommodate pets. You know, going completely the other way so that you're actually becoming the the landlord that invites pets in. You know, so that you kind of move with the with the times. You know, installing cat flaps as default, or you know, do you know what I mean? Like thinking about pet proofing homes as part of your projects. You know, why not? Like, so, yeah. you're a cat owner and a cat lover. Yeah. Well, I just, I just think, I just really, you know, where I sit on this, I think it's ludicrous yeah. that landlords had this blanket ban. I don't think it's right at all. Um, you know, I Actually, think it's quite, yeah. interesting. There's not really much mention of um, like shared shared accommodation and HMOs. No. Um, and um, I I just when I just read it, I was just like, yeah. So HMOs are the loophole to get out of all of this, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> because they're, they're, they're a good enough reason not to have families, kids, and pets in a property. True. Yeah. True. I mean, obviously, the road landlord thing obviously isn't included in that. The road landlord database. Yeah. What was the other thing? The ombudsman, the the the, the renters ombudsman that they're looking to to yeah. introduce. So, um, which is quite well, interesting. I've got a, I've got a few friends that um, live around here, southeast London. That um, one of them specifically is looking for a new room, a new place to to live in at the minute, and looking at the adverts online and speaking to various agencies and live in or live out landlords i don't think it's going to make any difference what happens to the renters reform bill to these landlords anyway 
they're still going to carry on doing what they do because they're they're just doing their own thing, regardless yeah. of what rules and regulations are in place. So it's it's us that will make the changes. Um, people that are already doing it right. Um, and those that don't give a shit are just going to carry on as normal. Well, this is it. I mean, I suppose the biggest change really that's going to come out of it once it's you know gone through Parliament formally will be the um, uh, you know abolition of Section Twenty One. I mean, that's the that's the talking point of the whole act, isn't it? That mm. you know um, that goes in the favour of the tenants, right? As opposed as opposed yeah. to ours. And you know, I suppose that will affect those slummy kind of landlords who probably do not use it in the most ethical way. Um, yeah, because I was just thinking about like abolishing Section 21, and I can appreciate it could be an issue for people if there are problem problematic tenants, but you'll still be able to get rid of them somehow. But it's just yeah. like I don't think I've ever issued a Section 21. In, I never have. I've only issued a Section Only a Section 8, and that Section was Section 8. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Section 8. We have issued Section 21s. Maybe not on, on some of um, my properties. Um, May, uh, and generally what you what we're doing is issuing a section 21 and a section eight at the same time yeah so the only reason we were, set, uh, we were offering a set, doing a section 21 is because we had the option to mm. and that we could uh yeah it just more guaranteed us the fact that we we're going to get that possession back we won't happen to go and argue the case with the section eight mm. um so what this does really is because no, no landlord wants to evict a tenant that's paying the rent and isn't a problem for for you know for, for the house or respects the property so um i think it's probably it's going to clarify it. it's going to make it more better you know they're talking about reforming the the the, judi the judicial system so mm. that it makes it easier and quicker to um go through the reasons um but also the big thing that no one's really talking about is the fact that um we've just abolished the end date on a tenancy there is now no longer any end date on a tenancy there's a start date there's an initial six month period um where, where the tenant where the landlord where i think the tenant has to stay the landlord has to keep them and then after that i think i read it right it's about two months notice that each party has to give um so uh, it gives i think it doesn't give longevity of tenure for a for a tenant but also means that a landlord can't do like a three month or a three-year tenancy agreement or can't yeah and it just means that the only reason you can evict a tenant is if they break the agreement I believe. Yeah. It's getting dangerously informative, isn't it, Niall? I know. We've we're, still to see, we're still to see what the final bill's going to look like, but yeah, the, that, that's yeah. the idea. It's moving towards the Scottish system that we've talked about before. Yeah, it sort of does take precedence, doesn't it, with, with property law. It does seem to. We do seem to follow suit. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, it, you know, it's one to watch for sure. Um, you know, as is... Um, what's the other one that's uh, up for review at the moment? Um, Leveling up. Right. Uh, yeah, leveling up, but also the um, you know the, the future standard stuff and all of that. But it's the um, uh, right to rent, yeah, and what's going to go on with that? Because you know, at the moment, there's a, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on this because there's, there's so much legislation change that's been up for consideration at the moment. But the idea right now that right to rent currently, because what that came in in December. Well, no, February 2016, that came in that you get fined. And then from December 2016, it came in that you would actually be, you, you, it could be considered a criminal offence if somebody is breaching immigration law in your property. So now people are saying, well, I don't want someone from that country in my property. So now we've got a discrimination issue on our hands. So it's like finding that balance now. So, you know, again, that's up for review. So it's one to watch. There's so much happening. 
But um, yeah. Interesting times. Very interesting times. So um, I feel like we put the world to rights on that one. Yeah. So uh, I think I think we we could probably wrap it up for this week. So I think we're gonna say goodbye for me. It's a goodbye for me. And it's a goodbye for me. jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.